Entrepreneur on Fire 666. Failures, aha moments, I've made it moments, and the lightning round. Seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Meetings are essential to the way we work. Thankfully, we have Citrix GoToMeeting, the powerfully simple way to meet online anywhere, anytime. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use a promo code FIRE. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Wesley Chapman. Wes, are you prepared to ignite... Absolutely, my friend. Yes. Wes has been an entrepreneur since the age of eight years old and was self-sufficient by the age of 16. Wes started consulting CEOs of Fortune 500 companies at the age of 19. Wes has changed his direction in life and has founded a human project with a mission to create a community of empowered youth. Wes, I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, then give us an overview of your business, and then we'll dive in. Oh, fantastic, John. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, like you said, I've been an entrepreneur since the age of eight. My first business was literally out of kind of necessity to to survive in my own in my own world and what I was going through. And uh, I remember just sitting on a tire swing and and we had a problem. We were about to lose our house. We were about to lose, you know, everything that I knew as far as being a home, uh, which was very important to me. Um, I had only had a home for at this time in my life uh, for about maybe four or five months. And so I really was, you know, adamant about not losing. And uh, I remember sitting on the tire swing and looking around and seeing all these flowers that we had in the yard and thinking uh, how many times we would go to the grocery store and, you know, I wasn't able to get you know, the extra bacon I wanted because, uh, we had to buy flowers and I'm like, why are we buying flowers? We have a whole freaking acre of flowers. <laughs> and so, uh, I remember sitting there and just being frustrated as a child and just thinking like, you know, what's wrong with adults? They can't get all this figured out to, you know, to, to maintain things. And, um, and my backstory is pretty insane. So, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just losing a house or some cars or something, but, um, Anyway, so I just remember sitting there and I remember thinking, if we buy flowers every time we go to the grocery store, then by all means, people who don't have this one acre yard of beautiful flowers are going to want to buy flowers. So I ran in the house, grabbed a pair of scissors, came out, started whacking the flowers, got on my bike and spent the day knocking doors selling flowers. And my first day doing that, I made over $500. So <laughs> I kind of I kind of got the entrepreneurial bug, you could say. So that's where my journey started. And then I just started morphing into all kinds of different things. You know, flowers were going to run out. I saw opportunities. We had existing client base. So we started washing cars door to door. Then we started cleaning homes and I window washing business. I mean, I just saw opportunity after opportunity. And I quickly learned that manual labor was just not my thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it and I respect those that do it. But, you know, it, it just wasn't my thing. But what I love to do was I love to talk to people and to sell and to kind of convince them why they needed their windows washed three times a month. 
And uh, that led me into the marketing world and that led me into strategy and psychology and understanding how the human mind works and how you can, you know, direct people in, in herds to do things that you want them to do. And, you know, and so I just really started playing with that. And then I got the opportunity to do some stuff with Microsoft and got some opportunity to do some things with the Xbox and, you know, just kind of kept moving and moving and moving. And, you know, I mean, I've had great successes and epic failures, but uh, it's, it's been an amazing journey. One thing that really resonates with me about your st- story, Wes, specifically, is you know this anti-fragileness of it. Is that you were kind of put in a you know win or lose situation. Your back was against the wall, and you kind of st- stepped up and you saw what could happen when you actually took action, and you became an entrepreneur. And then that just kind of continued to grow off of itself as you move forward. And you know, I've had Gary Vaynerchuk on the show twice now, and he talked about that as well. Where you know he'd go and trade baseball cards on the weekends and make two thousand dollars, and I'm hearing these story, and I know a lot of people in Fire Nation are hearing these stories, and they're like, "Well, I wasn't an entrepreneur when I was a kid because I definitely wasn't. You know, I would do the bare minimum to get my twenty dollar per week <laughs> allowance, and like right. that was it. And I was just all about sports and school and cars and girls, and like that was just my life. And you know, a lot of myself was like, "Man, like, what if I had had that?" push earlier? What if I was forced back into a corner, into a situation where I was forced to open my eyes up to the world of entrepreneurship, which didn't really happen to me, Wes, until the age of 32. So, you know, there's just a lot to be said to having your back against the wall. And obviously you have a very intense story that I know we're going to be getting into that, you know, is much to be desired for sure. But, you know, there's a lot of things that have come out of it that have now move forward into what you have, which is now this A Human Project, which I can't wait to, again, dive into further on in this interview and really focus in on. But before we get into all that, Wes, you have an amazing success goal. You actually have eight, but you've promised (laughs) to choose just one. So take it away. You know, I love quotes. Anybody that's gonna that that follows me or knows anything about me, every morning at 730 in the morning, I sit down and I just I just go into quote mode, right? And and I don't know if this is egotistical or if this is going to come off wrong, but I love to create quotes. I love to look at things. I've I studied everything know, yeah. from from Abraham Lincoln, Henry Ford, and on. So yeah, I've got this list of quotes. I'm going to go with the one that my gut has said needs to be shared today, and we'll <laughs> see. So, uh, and it's 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 one of my quotes. So I'm not trying to be egotistical, but I feel like it really will resonate with our message today. Some say fear is the absence of courage. I say fear is the absence of trying. We fear the darkness because we simply don't try to enjoy it. We fear the heights because we don't try and look around at all the beauty from above. Fear doesn't come because we don't have courage. Fear is there because we simply don't take a moment and try. I really feel, and I know we talk about fear a lot in the entrepreneur world, almost to the point where it maybe comes a little bit, you know, nauseating, but it really is that moment that people, like you said, your back's stuck up against the wall. You have a thing at 32. It doesn't matter. It's that, that is the first thing that comes into your mind is self-doubt, fear. I can't do it. It's not going to be there. And, you know, people will say, you just have to have courage. You just have to stand up. And it's like, look, it's not really about courage. It's about just getting out there and trying, grab the scissors, cut the flowers and go. I mean, sometimes you can over plan in your own head and that is a form of fear. So, I don't know. I just one that, that uh, stuck out to me and, and that's led me through life. You know, I have a lot of fears and it, it is. It's just a thing of like, well, I'm either going to stand here and complain about the fear or I'm just going to try it. 
Absolutely, Wes. I mean, anything that can come from the heart, you know, this is your journey as an entrepreneur. This is what this Entrepreneur on Fire episode is all about. So you started off on the right foot with a quote that resonates to your core. And I love that. And I think, Wes, that you're going to actually love my new podcast that just launched, Quotes on Fire, where I take one of these quotes every single day, share it in a podcast, expound upon it. And I'm actually going to ask you live right now, can I use that quote in an upcoming episode? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. My you friend, heard of Fire Nation. <laughs> I love it. So, Wes, we have so much to talk about and so little time. So I just want to dive right into your journey. We love talking here at Entrepreneur on Fire about failure for a number of reasons because of that word that you used, fear, so eloquently. And we also love hearing stories because we resonate with stories. And man, you and I, for a number of reasons, Wes, you know, we're brothers from another mother. We're friends. You know, we both live here in San Diego. We know each other. So I know how well you resonate with stories and the stories that you tell. Again, I'm going to allude once more to a human project down the road, continuing to throw out these teasers because that's all about stories and stories, yeah. stories, stories. And it's so, so powerful. So Wes, you tell us, Fire Nation, a story of a time that you failed and the lessons you learned. You know, that's, again, another thing I've been thinking about. And I think I'm going to go fairly recently and just kind of rewind everybody about two to three years ago oh. in my life. Um, I was doing very, very well. I had a very, very successful uh, company in the marketing industry. You know, we had oobs of clients, oobs of employees. Money was coming in. Things were going really well. But deep down inside, it just didn't feel like I was doing what I wanted to do, um, even though I enjoyed what I did. I just didn't feel like I was satisfied. And so I started kind of looking around and, and, you know, after 20 plus years being in the entrepreneurial world, I really never did any self-help or seminars or trainings or anything like that. I just felt, again, like it's better for me to be out there doing what I do than sitting in a classroom, you know, learning. And so, which it has its place. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I'm going to go to a conference and I'm going to see what this is all about and see what this, you know, woo-woo sauce does. Like, you know, is this, <laughs> Is there something here? <laughs> Woo-woo sauce. I love it. Yeah. And so I did. And I went to an event and I, I met some incredibly powerful people. Les Brown, Bob Proctor, Bernie Dorman, Greg Reed, you know, Zig Ziglar. The list goes on and on and on. And um, I started telling them my story. And they said, Wes, you got to be a motivational speaker. You know, you got to get out there. You got to do this. And I'm like, motivational speaking. That kind of sounds cool. Yeah. Let me give that a shot. And so I made a, I made a pretty bold decision um, that involved moving, I actually moved to Southern California, did the whole nine yards, you know, again, kind of left like a fairly foundational uh, building block that I had established over the last seven years and uh, came to Southern California and was going to become a motivational speaker, started training, started doing all these things. And then I started kind of noticing what that world was like, which is if there's some amazing people in it, but then I started kind of self-doubting like, well, this isn't what I want. I don't want these, you know, 19 hour days and traveling from one city to the night. This isn't, you know, I'm a family guy. I've got two kids. Like, wait a minute. Oops. And <laughs> I, I really did. I, I just had to kind of sit there and be like, what did I just do? Like, I just moved to California. I just did all these things. I just left all of this that I was, you know, loving and, and really successful in. And now all of a sudden this isn't what I want. Like, Wes, okay, you, you took your own advice too literal and you didn't do enough planning. And so I remember sitting there and, you know, Jody and I, who's my fiance, I remember sitting there with her just kind of saying, you know, what did we do? And she's like, look, 
you've got an amazing, amazing Rolodex. Everything's great. You've learned some fantastic things about how to storytell and how to tell, how to tell uh, different things on stage. Just take it and, and move forward. And I did. And she always kind of grounds me, you know, and you hear that a lot, right? So the, these, uh, these women in our entrepreneurial lives. <laughs> oh, Lord, tell me. Yeah, they're just the grounding force in so many ways. And so she did. She just kind of brought me back and I, I started looking at, okay, yes, it was a failure because it wasn't exactly what I had planned on doing, but l- all the benefits that I got. And now, you know, fast forwarding to where we are now today, holy cow, like it just makes so much sense as to why I was driven that direction. And I mean, everything from being in California to the people that I've met, you know, you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, like he's an instrumental part in my life now. I mean, there's just so many things that have happened because of making that decision, which seemed so hard. And I mean, I could tell hours and hours of stories, John, of just the, just the, the hell, you know, that we went through because of that decision. But now looking back and saying, oh my gosh, like it all makes sense. So Wesley, what I want to pull out of that is your phrase, it makes so much sense now. Fire Nation, really absorb that because there are so many decisions that you're going to make in life that you do because it resonates with you, because it's your intuition, your gut is pulling you in that direction. But then guess what? Nothing goes according to plan. You know, when I was yeah. an officer in the U.S. Army, one thing that we were trained upon early on, right before we deployed to war, was that hey, Lieutenant, like you can come up with a perfect plan, but believe me, as soon as that first bullet flies, all plans go to waste. And, you know, Wes, he went out to this conference. He was inspired by speakers. He knew that he could be a great speaker. He moved, you know, he uprooted his family, his life, and he moved to Southern California. And guess what? Things didn't go to plan. The bullet started to fly metaphorically, fortunately, in this situation, and he had to adjust. So, realize that when you're driving forward, things aren't always going to go to plan. Even though when you start off with the right direction and with the right intentions, it may not make sense right now. But for him, it makes sense now. Looking back and he sees why he's taking the path he's taken. And of course, again, I'm alluding to just this really great finale we have coming up. This buildup has been intense, Wesley. But listen, <laughs> I have just kind of summed up my perception and my kind of takeaways from your failure moment. So just you, Wes, for Fire Nation, our listeners, what do you want us to walk away with? If we could just implement one takeaway right now in our lives from that experience, what would it be? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in Henry Ford here. It's Ooh. and it's when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. And that's I mean, you're gonna be doing things that just don't like you said, I mean, you're going with your gut and the things just aren't lining up, but it's, it's you're gonna take off if you just continue to press forward and you continue to just, you know, listen to that intuition, listen to where you are and continually move forward, keep your head up and all of that. But I, I think the the summarizing of that is is that quote from Henry Ford. Wes, you proved yourself a phenomenal storyteller once again. So we're going to turn the clock either forward or back. This is your call. This is your entrepreneurial journey. This is your story to tell. But this time it's going to be about an aha moment. It's going to be a light bulb that you, Wes Chapman, have had at some point in your life. So Wes, tell us that story and then walk us through the steps that you took after having that idea, that light bulb moment, to turn it into success. I'm going to do the the most recent aha moment, which is uh, which has led me on this path where we are right now. So, um, 
for those of you, I'll just give you very quick so we have a little bit and you can do research on your own. But at the age of one, I was abandoned by my biological father. At the age of six and a half, I was abandoned by my biological mother. So by seven years old, mom and dad, not in my life. Between the ages of one and six and a half, I was abused in every way, shape and form that you can imagine. And so because of that story and because of who I am, I went through a lot of different growing pains, went through a lot of different things. I also had another stepfather uh, in a home who was very abusive. So really until about the age of 18, I was just dealing with life, just dealing with the things that come at you in those type of scenarios. And it wasn't until I was about 26 years old that I started realizing, like, I need to know who I am, which means I need to know who my father is, who my mother is, who these people are in my life that, that brought me here onto this planet. And so at 26 years old, I reached out to my father and uh, found him and, you know, had a conversation with him, met him. It wasn't like some Hollywood story where we ran across the fields and hugged each other, you know, and there was this <laughs> moment of, of amazing quartet music. No, it was, it was a very surreal moment. But um, that kind of got me starting on a journey. So here I'm running these, this business, doing this thing, pretending that I'm this, you know, perfectly groomed and perfectly put together young man, um, which is what the world saw me as. But in reality, I'm this broken little child. And then here I go meet my father and it kind of just speared all these emotions. And so I started telling my story. And this was in 07 and I started writing a blog and I started getting 10 to 15 to 20,000 people a day coming, coming to my blog and reading my story. And it was just like, wow, I had no idea that my story would be so impactful. And I started getting emails, all these things. It was just an amazing experience. So fast forwarding into life, I've been you know, dedicating some of my weekends and time to speak at foster homes, to speak in prisons, to speak in, you know, troubled youth homes, all these different things. And back to, you know, this journey that I've been taking over these last three years coming to Southern California, I started to meet more people that had a bigger reach, you know, that had more opportunities that were doing more things. And I hooked up with an organization that, that is able to reach about 7 million youth a year. And they asked me to be an ambassador for them. And it's called Natural High here in San Diego. And I didn't think anything of it other than just, you know, I'm going to keep telling my story and keep running my business and do all of this stuff. And so one day I get an email from them saying, hey, Wes, would you come speak at the school in three days? And I'm like, sure. And I'm new to California. OK, so when anytime anybody says, hey, Wes, will you come, you know, to such and such city? I'm just kind of pre-programmed that it's some kind of subdevelopment or subdivision of either La Jolla or San Diego. Like that's just <laughs> kind of, you know, or Del Mar. Maybe that's like the stretch, right? And so they send me this thing and they say, yeah, it's in Hemet. And I'm like, Hemet, that must be somewhere, you know, that sounds kind of cool. It's probably between Del Mar and, and uh, La Jolla. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Plug I get into GPS and ex whoa. whoa, three hours away, one way. Oh, OK. So this isn't just a 15 minute deal. This is now going to be my entire day. Welcome to California traffic. So, you know, of course, I've already committed. Not a big deal. We, you know, move the calendar around. I'm on my way up to go up to the school. But before I go up there, I say, tell me about who I'm speaking to. You know, what's the audience? And anybody who's trying to become a speaker, that's that's 101, right? Who are you talking to? And so they send me the information. They give me a couple of parents to talk to. And they, John, they start sending me just these insane emails of story after story, 77 suicide attempts in the school year, seven what? the week before I get there. Bullying that involves kids being lit on fire to faces being bitten or beaten in by razor scooters. Uh, I mean, just story after story. And it's like, I, I remember that Michelle Pfeiffer movie, right? And I'm like, what? You know, it, where she goes and is a school teacher in like the Bronx or something. Oh, and yeah, I'm just with sitting, Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds, yeah. And I just remember like, I'm like, that was a movie and this is real life. Like something, you know, wait a minute. And so 
you know, I get researching and I start looking at demographics of Hemet and it's like, it's not that bad. You know, I mean, people are making money. It's not like the middle of it is the middle of nowhere, but it's not really like crazy middle of nowhere with gang violence and all this stuff. So anyway, so we get up there, we go to the school. Well, this is sixth, seventh and eighth graders. Okay. So all these statistics I just threw out, like just put that in your head. These are like 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds, man. These are, this is, I, even with my life, I was still, you know, playing freaking Batman and street fighter at that age. And so anyway, so we get there and the first thing that happens is the band that's supposed to perform as kind of like a part of, of this whole thing to get the kids excited. The, the leader of the band, the main singer starts to get really nervous. You know, it's like, ah, you know, this, this kind of a rough crowd. And then the principal comes up to me and says, Hey, Wes, um, I know we only said we were going to bring 200 of kind of our good students, you know, the students that have really started to achieve and do things and really have been acting as if they want to move forward in life. But I read your bio online. I've done a little research on you. Would you mind if I kind of put some more people in here? And I say, that's between you and the fire marshal. And deep down inside, I'm like, please don't add any more people. 200 <laughs> children is enough, right? Like keeping an attention of 200 children, I'm good. Well, they ended up putting 700 plus students oh in this this room that's no bigger than like a cafeteria. It was not like a, you know, it wasn't an assembly hall. And so fast forward, I'm incredibly nervous. My fiance doesn't know if she needs to like put her hair up in a bun. If someone's going to put gum in it, cut it off. I don't know if I'm supposed to be hugging these kids or having bodyguards. Like it was just, it was an insane, surreal moment. And I remember also thinking in my mind, like all of these things, like I don't want to get sued. I don't want to have this happen. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, I really want to capture their attention. Are they going to like my jokes? You know I mean? I'm just really kind of involved in my own worries, back to my own fears, right, that we talked about in the beginning. And so I get out there and I start I start a couple of jokes and I got a few laughs, nothing that I'm used to. So that was kind of weird for me, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't going well. Pull yourself up, Chapman. Keep moving forward. And uh, then I start telling my story and I start hitting these children with my story and they start heckling me, like literally heckling me as I'm telling the story. And I sit there and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is not going to end well. So fast forward. I'm a religious guy. I say a prayer to God and I said, look, we got two options here, buddy. Um, Help me or cut the power. And um, at that moment, literally inside of me, every bone in my body, every, every essence of who I am, I hear the words, it's not about you, it's about them. And instantly, my entire message, I just said, screw it. I'm just going to let them have it. If someone's going to sue me, they're going to sue me. And what I mean by that is I started getting really raw with my story, where I'd come from, who I, who I was, how many times I tried to commit suicide, all the things that made me who I was. And for 15 minutes, you could hear a, you could hear a pin drop in this auditorium. Wow. And when I got done, I was exhausted. I mean, I was just literally exhausted from the experience. And I go backstage and the band performs and the kids were excited and I'm getting ready to leave. And there's a, there's a line of about 200 youth that have just kind of lined up in front of the stage. And a lot of them wanted to see the band and some different things like that. And the line just kept growing and growing. And I'm getting ready to leave. I'm grabbing some of my stuff, you know, and, and one of the volunteers comes up to me and says, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to go home. It's a three hour drive. You know, I want to get ahead of the traffic. And she's like, well, would you mind staying? Because this group of youth want to talk to you. And it was, uh, it was another line that had formed of, you know, of a substantial amount of youth. And for three hours, I sat one-on-one and talked to these youth. And they told me story after story after story that I could tell three hours worth of stories. And um, my aha moment was as I was listening to their stories 
their their stories existed in the now. You know, with foster kids and prisons and boys' homes and all these things that I had spoken at, and even for myself, I got out of this this horrible situation. A lot of these foster youth get out of these horrible situations. I mean, they still it's not easy. Don't get me wrong, but these youth at this school were telling me about being molested, about being beaten, about being you know hurt, about being neglected. What I mean, it was just a smorgasbord of stories, and then they were also saying goodbye, Wes. I'm going home, meaning I'm going back to what I just told you about. And they, they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what to do with it. You know, the, the, the system is broken. I mean, just going to tell everybody that the system's broken. There's no number to call. There's nothing these, these, these children can do. And fast forward, because I know we want to get to some more stuff in this, but the, the major, so I'm having this aha moment and we get in the car, we're driving back and, and I'm just going through all of this emotions and just processing everything. And I had given a lot of these students challenges and made a bunch of promises that I really deep down inside had no idea how I was going to make happen. But I just thought, again, cut the flowers, run with it. And so I'm just giving, you know, telling them, hey, you start doing this and I'll help you with this. You do this and I'll help you with this. And given my email address and a couple of them, my cell phone number. And long story short, about a half an hour after I left the school, my phone starts blowing up. I'm getting emails, text messages, children saying, you know, Wes, I, I feel like I have hope. I feel like there's a path for me. Like I can get out of this. I, I can make it happen. And um, my whole message to them was stop blaming your surroundings and take control of yourself. And so they were saying that, you know, I feel like I can take control. If my mom's not going to be there, if my dad's not going to be there, I'm going to be there for myself. I'm going to believe in myself and, you know, thank you and thank you. And just all these amazing emails. But there was one particular girl who was texting us throughout the night. And at nine o'clock that night, this was on April 8th. At nine o'clock that night, she sent me a text. I will never forget where I was, no matter when we move from this house or not. I'll be able to always picture where I was, what it smelled like, what it looked like, every aspect of when I got this text message. And she sent me a one of 17 text message that detailed her plan of how she was going to kill herself that day, how she was not going to go to the assembly because it wasn't required. And then last minute, she had to go to the assembly, which she wasn't very happy about. She wanted to go home, but she ended up staying to talk to me, all of these different things, telling me this, and then telling me how she had pills at home. She was going to do all these different things. She had a plan. She was writing a letter. I mean, down to the, the minute detail and text 17 of 17 said, thank you for saving my life. I turned to Jody and I said, if not now, then when? Which means if I'm not going to take this story, these, these challenges, these obstacles, who I am as a person, everything I've learned about business, everything I've learned about speaking, and go out and do something that means more than the conversion rates and bottom lines. And I don't mean that disrespectful to anybody, but for me, it just wasn't enough anymore. After 20 plus years, it just it wasn't lighting my fire. This lit my fire. And that night, 930, after the text messages were finished and I was done kind of texting her, I got on the phone and I started calling every single person I knew until three o'clock that morning, I was talking to people. And by April 11th, we had set up a board of directors. We'd come up with the name of the business. We'd put together the URL. I mean, we'd put together an entire business structure in about three or four days. I didn't sleep. And now we have a human project, which is on a mission to create a community of empowered youth, youth that can go through these circumstances and be empowered enough to believe in themselves, to carry themselves along, to move forward in life when somebody else that should be their parents or significant others don't believe in them. And John, the, 
it has been the most amazing experience of my life to see these youth go from suicide and depression and cutting and drugs and all of these things to pulling themselves out and helping each other and serving their communities and feeling like they're somebody in the world. And it's not easy. You know, I mean, just before I got on with you, I was doing a call with one of our youth members who's feeling sad right now. You know, I mean, it's not overnight success, but it's it's a journey that they're going to take that's going to forever change their lives because they just took action in believing in themselves. Wes, you had a moment in your life that was truly a life-altering moment. And some people have those moments and ignore them. Some people have those moments and run with them. Your moments turned into a human project. So we're about to dive into some pretty cool stuff. But before we do, let's thank our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter dot com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. The people we work with, whether they be our clients, vendors, or team members, aren't always in the same location as us. But relying on the phone in your inbox alone is not efficient. Imagine how much more you could accomplish if you could make decisions, provide feedback, and brainstorm all in one hour versus throughout an entire day. That's why millions of professionals use Citrix GoToMeeting, which allows you to hold as many meetings as you need with anyone from anywhere. Have a specific presentation or project that you want to review during your meeting? With GoToMeeting, you can share your screen, present in real time, and use webcams to see each other with high-definition video conferencing. I highly recommend GoToMeeting because it's the best way to meet from the convenience of your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Try GoToMeeting for free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use promo code FIRE. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code FIRE. What I want to do now for the rest of the time that we have together today, I really want to do a deep dive into exactly what a human project has become, what it stands for, and of course, you know, what Fire Nation, what, you know, myself, what can we humans do to help? Fantastic. Well, let me break down this the simplest and fastest way to do this. When I looked at this, I love to break things down and to have, yes. you know, to have, have everything have meaning, right? And so I looked at the word human and I thought, we throw that out all the time. I'm just human. I'm a human being, blah, blah, blah. But what does it mean to be human? And so I broke that down with our team into something very, very simple. Hope, understanding, making a choice, action steps, and nourishing. So there you've spelled out, spelled out human and hope. That's the first step. I mean, we have to have hope in life. Hope then turns to belief. You know, once we believe in something, whether it's God, whether it's ourselves, whether it's our significant other, whether it's our business idea, once we believe in it, 
nothing's going to stop us from, from moving that direction. Nothing. Understanding. Once we understand who we are, our self-worth, who we, what we are to this world, what other people are, then all of a sudden judgmental and bullying and all that stuff just seems petty because it's like that person's that person because they're who they are and I understand that. I am who I am and I understand that. So thus I'm going to move forward and it doesn't matter. Then you have to make a choice. You now have hope and belief. You now understand things around you. What are you going to do with that information? And, you know, how are you going to, what choices are you going to make? You're going to go left. You're going to go right. And then you've got to actually do something with that. You got to, it's great to have hope and belief. It's great to have an understanding. It's great that you've written down some goals and you've, you know, you want to make some choices, but now you've actually got to take steps to make those things happen. And then just like anything else as a human being, we have to continually nourish it. I mean, if I told everybody you can only eat on Mondays, they'd all be like, uh, that's, I can't do that. You know, and, and there's a great quote, you know, from, I believe it's Zig Ziglar that, you know, people say that baths only last, you know, for, uh, you know, or he, it's about motivation, right? You know, Wait, I think going? I got this one for you. Yeah. Motivation is like showering. Like we recommend it every day. day exactly. I butchered it too, but they get yeah. the idea. <laughs> get the idea, right? So like as human beings, the last step of us continually being a, a, an organism that thrives is we have to nourish that. So you've got to nourish your hope and understanding. You've got to nourish your choices. You've got to nourish your action steps. So that's what we teach the youth. And I mean, it's a, we have built an entire program, John. It's been such a blessing because when you're on purpose, when you're on fire, things just happen that are unexplainable. I spent a weekend writing an algorithm. I have, I have some pretty extensive background in psychology and, and, and the brain and all that fun stuff, but I spent a weekend writing an algorithm to kind of track these youth and to see where they're going. So you could digitally and, you know, numbers, everybody wants to see numbers, right? And so I thought, okay, let me come up with something. And so I wrote an algorithm that we call the human score. I spent a weekend on it. I then took it to some, uh, some psychiatrists, some psychologists from the San Diego board here and said, here, crucify this. Please tell me what I did wrong. Help me make this better, you know, whatever. And they looked at me and they said, Wes, this is 12 years of PhD study. How long have you been working on this? And I said, a weekend. And they said, no, it's impossible. And I said, no, really, a weekend. And it wasn't me. I mean, I really want that to be clear. It was just that the fire was going through me that this just started coming together. And it's, and I could tell story after story about that, but that's just the crucial part. That's why I love the name of your program. I mean, on fire. When that happens, nothing is going to stand in your way. Entrepreneur on fire. I mean, it resonates with everybody who hears it. They know what it means to be in the zone, to be crushing it. And Wes, how can you describe any other way about what you did for the next three days after you had that aha moment? You were literally on fire. You didn't sleep. You know, you probably barely ate. You were just crushing it. You were just like so alive. You were so on fire with energy that nothing could stop you and nothing has. And, you know, Wes, let's just kind of, you know, take this down now and, and, and go down this final path on our chat here today. Cause I mean, that's kind of one of the shocking things too. I mean, I feel like you and I got on a call, you know, about three minutes ago and we had like, we had like a 10, <laughs> we had like a 10 minute pre-interview chat and then yeah. we hit the record button. And I was like, I'm really glad that Wes is my last interview of the day because, you know, we kind of have an open ended. Otherwise we'd be really butting up on my next interview right now. But, you know, I knew that this is going to be a passionate chat, but I mean, Wes, like you just got in the zone, my friend, and you obviously, you know, have no idea, but you know, you've been, you know, we've been, we've been chatting now for over 30, 33 minutes now. And it's been amazing, but it's just been like that because you, you are in your zone. You are in your flow. Like I've always loved that word flow. And you, you just so got into your flow, my man. So listen, Fire Nation, 
you are entrepreneurs, you are small business owners, you are soon to be preneurs. You know, you're in corporate America right now looking for different ways to break out. But one thing you do realize is what it sounds like when somebody has found their meaning in life, when somebody has found their passion. And it's something that I strive for for 32 years, Wes. It eluded me. I tried a bunch of different things. You know, like you, um, when I was in law school, you know, I was just not feeling it. I was not happy. And then the same thing in corporate America, despite making six figures. And the same thing in corporate, and, I mean, in commercial and residential real estate. You know, I was financially successful. I was looking like I was on a good career path. You know, from the exterior, things looked good. But from the inside, I felt like I was not living my life's purpose. I was not inspiring millions, which is now the tagline of Entrepreneur on Fire to inspire millions. So exactly, Fire Nation, you're listening for any number of reasons right now. You've heard about this show, about Entrepreneur on Fire from any number of ways. You know, we just crossed the 8 million download mark, Wes. We just had 829,000 unique listens just last month. We were awarded Best of iTunes 2013. So we're doing something right. But now what I want to do with this audience, with you know this show, is to continue to inspire people in a lot of different ways. And a human project is just that, Wes. So talk to us now about you know what exactly a human project is specifically at the core level and what can we do as far as the action takers that we are to, to actually be a part of this. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that. And, and thank you so much for that. And congratulations on your successes you. as well. So- a human project at its core is to literally take all of everything that you have talked about in the 685 episodes prior to this about business and about life and to teach the youth those exact same principles. I mean, that's, that's how I sum it up. I mean, these youth are in a position where they have passion, they have desires, but they're losing that fire. They're losing that hope. And our first mission is to show them that, no, listen, you can, you can continue to have that. In a short amount of time, I have recruited other individuals like myself who have amazing stories and I've began training them and coaching them. And we've been building up our messaging and how we can, how we can, you know, spread the message of a human project, which is about, like I said, creating this community of empowered youth, not being a victim, serving your community, sharing your gifts and passions, you know, looking for positivity around you, surrounding yourself with five successful people, five positive people. I mean, again, we could go into all of this. And in, in the amount of time we've been working, we've got youth from uh, the UK, we have youth from Canada, we have youth from Utah, we have youth from Alabama, we have youth all over the nation who are coming into this community, who are getting on live chat calls with myself and other, I call them program directors, other program directors who are helping them and guiding them and showing them support. We're moving, we've started a podcast, which is all about helping the youth and helping others around know what actions we take as adults and how that affects our youth. I mean, it's all about education to the core level, but we also do something incredible with these youth, which we use motivation. We use bribery, I guess you could call it, but I mean, it's the same thing. Why we do what we do is for the paycheck, right? These youth do something we call daydreams. And what they're able to do is the first thing they do when they come into the program is they tell us all the things they love about themselves and their bucket list. And as we move them through the human score, the human cycle, 
we help them and we keep them motivated by giving them their dreams. We've given people the ability to sing with Phantom of the Opera. We've given the children the ability to go to Disneyland. We've given the ability to take them sailing. We've done all these things based on their work. They have these bucket list items. And then we go out and much like a Make-A-Wish Foundation, which one of the board members is the founder of board members of the Human Project is the founder of a Make-A-Wish Foundation. So we've got some lineage there. But a lot like that kind of a concept that they use for ca- uh, cancer patients we're using for children who are in hopeless situations and showing them that if they work hard, they can be rewarded. And so there's so much. And in Fire Nation getting involved, I mean, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for people to spread the content. We're looking for people to, you know, find find youth that may be in their communities that need some extra support. And at the very end of the day, I mean, like any other business, we need the revenue to keep doing what we're doing. So speaking of revenue to keep doing what you're doing, I mean, Wes, like you and I have had, you know, some pretty powerful talks and we've broken down exactly what it takes and what it means to continue to do what it takes to enlivening and just creating amazing opportunities for our youth, which is our future, 100%. Our future is our youth. And what you're doing with the Human Project is truly providing opportunities for them that would never have been there before. So, I mean, Fire Nation, I'm somebody that went to a humanproject.com and I've donated on a recurring monthly basis to support this because I'm obviously a huge believer in what Wes has done. You know, it doesn't take much. You know, this isn't something that's going to, you know, even be a tenth the size of your cable bill that you're paying every single month. We're just talking about, you know, a little donation on a recurring basis that's really, you know, going to make a massive difference in what Wes is able to do and what a human project is able to do. And you know what? There's many different many different ways to go about this, but what I'm going to encourage you as a call to action is to go to a humanproject.com, check it out, see what resonates with you. Everything is there for you to take action. Um, that's going to be my final call to action. Wesley, what do you want to share with Fire Nation as your final call to action? It's to look around you. I mean, and you know what I'm thinking is I'll set up a page on a humanproject.com slash fire where people can go and, you know, the fire nation can come together and let's see what we can do with that. Um, and see, you know, how we can, how we can move the needle with, uh, with the audience and let show the world how powerful entrepreneurs can really be. But my final call to action is look around your own community and just start paying attention a little bit more to the youth around you. You know, they may say I'm fine. And if you hear that a lot from one particular youth, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, they're not fine. Right. Um, so just, just, Open your eyes a little bit more to the youth and realize that it does take a village to raise a family. It does take a village to raise a child. And especially now, 51% of all pregnancies in the United States are unplanned. They're not wanted. They're, you know, they weren't, that's not what somebody was looking for. So I'm not saying that 51% of everybody doesn't happy they're having kids, but it, that's just a number that kind of keep that in your head that, of people weren't planning on having children. And out of that percentage, a lot of them aren't excited about it. So if you love children, this is your time to stand up as a community and as a community member and say enough is enough and let's take back our youth and let's build a future like we've never seen before. Fire Nation, let's show the power of our community, ahumanproject.com slash fire. I'll be there. I'll be contributing and, you know, human hope, understanding, make a choice, action, nourish. That's actually what I was writing down, Wes, while you were saying those things. I know that might not be the exact acronym, but I know 
that that is, you know, what you are driving forward in for human. And, you know, I have my acronym, which is FOCUS. You have yours, which is HUMAN. Um, both powerful for their own reasons, but FIRE Nation. Exactly. Let's come together on this. And Wes, I just want to say thank you, my friends, for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Have a fantastic week. Fire Nation, 2014 is the year of the live webinar. If you're looking to take your business to the next level, join me on our free live webinar where we share how you can create and present a webinar that converts. Visit webinaronfire.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.